the man who comes back through the door in the wall will never be quite the same as the man who went out. He will be wiser but less sure, happier but less self-satisfied, humbler in acknowledging his ignorance yet better equipped to understand the relationship of words to things, of systematic reasoning to the unfathomable mystery which it tries, forever vainly, to comprehend. Aldous Huxley Although Huxley didn't have a mystic background, he was interested in higher cognitive states. Individuals like Blake, Swedenborg, and Eastern mystics influenced his decision to take mescaline. He wanted to encourage more heightened awareness. Mescaline is a root extract of the Mexican pale cactus. Indigenous Mexicans have eaten this root for thousands of years. They often use it in spiritual rituals. Mescaline works by inhibiting the production of enzymes that regulate the supply of glucose to brain cells. In other words, it heightens awareness by removing our evolutionary filters. Those who take it report seeing parts of the world for the first time. Story Shots is proud to bring you this free audiobook summary. Do you want to get access to more free audiobook summaries like this? Subscribe and click the bell button now to get notified each time we upload a new summary. You can also download our free app and enjoy thousands of other summaries of best-selling nonfiction books that are available in text, audio, and animated formats. Story Shot Summary and Review of the Doors of Perception by Aldous Huxley Has the Doors of Perception by Aldous Huxley been sitting on your reading list? Learn the key insights now. We're scratching the surface here. If you don't already have the book, get the audiobook for free using the link in the description or the app to learn the juicy details. About Aldous Huxley Aldous Huxley was a post-war intellectual elite Born in 1894, he studied English literature at Oxford University. He wrote almost 50 books and was nominated for nine Nobel Prizes in literature. Huxley's first novel was Chrome Yellow, in 1921, an exposition of the futility of the lifestyle of many privileged intellectuals in the 1920s. He later wrote Antique Hay in 1923, which satirizes modern society's preoccupation with sex, business, and consumerism. Huxley was a respected philosopher. Intrigued by how we perceive things, he famously wrote Brave New World, a dystopian vision of society in 1932. Brave New World is about using mind-altering drugs. The characters take a drug called Soma, which allows them to break from reality. Story shot number one, learning about the extract. Although Huxley didn't have a mystic background, he was interested in higher cognitive states. Individuals like Blake, Swedenborg, and Eastern mystics influenced his decision to take mescaline. He wanted to encourage more heightened awareness. Mescaline is a root extract of the Mexican pale cactus. Indigenous Mexicans have eaten this root for thousands of years. They often use it in spiritual rituals. Mescaline works by inhibiting the production of enzymes that regulate the supply of glucose to brain cells. In other words, it heightens awareness by removing our evolutionary filters. Those who take it report seeing parts of the world for the first time. Huxley first became familiar with the extract when he read a paper by Humphrey Osmond. Osmond worked at Weyburn Mental Hospital, where he researched treatments for schizophrenia. Mescaline mimicked the symptoms of schizophrenia, so it was a big part of his research. Story shot number two, the effects of mescaline. 
Huxley wrote to Humphrey Osmond in 1952 and put himself forward as a test subject for the drug. In 1953, Huxley tried mescaline for the first time. He did this at his L.A. home and took it in the presence of his wife and friend. These two companions acted as scientific observers and were there to help support him if he had a bad trip. Huxley swallowed 0.4 grams of mescaline, dissolved in half a glass of water. Osmond had concerns about Huxley taking the drug, but after an evaluation, considered him an ideal patient. He even described him as shrewd, matter-of-fact, and to the point. The first hour of Huxley's psychedelic experience was not overwhelming. He expected to lie with his eyes shut and see multicolored visions and heroic figures. After all, he had training in spirituality, so he thought the experience would come easy. In the end, his poor visualization skills trumped this openness. I am and, for as long as I can remember, I have always been a poor visualizer. Words, even the pregnant words of poets, do not evoke pictures in my mind. No, hypnagogic visions greet me on the verge of sleep. When I recall something, the memory does not present itself to me as a vividly seen event or object. By an effort of the will, I can evoke a not very vivid image of what happened yesterday afternoon, of how the Lungarno used to look before the bridges were destroyed, of the Basewater Road, when the only buses were green and tiny and drawn by aged horses at three and a half miles an hour. Aldous Huxley Instead of seeing dancing lights and moving shapes, Huxley saw his household items differently. Half an hour after swallowing the drug, Huxley became aware of a slow dance of golden lights. Soon, he saw red surfaces swelling and expanding from bright nodes of energy. These nodes vibrated, and were constantly changing in their shape and pattern. Later, Huxley closed his eyes during his trip and saw a complex of gray structures within pale blue spheres. These structures kept emerging before sliding upwards and out of his perception. He saw no faces, forms, or animals. He also saw no landscapes, expansive spaces, or magical growth. So the drama and story he expected never happened. What Huxley experienced was a deep connection with a vase of flowers. An hour and a half after taking the pill, Huxley was sat in his study, where a small vase decorated with flowers adorned his dining table. He could not take his eyes off the three flowers painted onto the vase. He described the color of each of these flowers with clear passion. Belay of Portugal rose, shell pink with a hint at every petal's base of a hotter, flamier hue a large magenta and cream-colored carnation, and pale purple at the end of its broken stalk, the bold heraldic blossom of an iris, Aldous Huxley. At breakfast and before taking the pill, Huxley noticed the lively dissonance of the vase's colors, but he was now looking at a dramatic flower arrangement with all the colors connected. He said the experience was something Adam had seen on the morning of his creation, Naked Existence, Story shot number three, seeing beyond the object. Our minds help us identify relationships between things. We continually measure and analyze the world around us. Huxley explains that mescaline helps you see beyond the object. On the drug, the place and distance of objects are unimportant. Additionally, time becomes absolute. The time on Huxley's watch felt like it was from another world. 
He no longer had a perception of the past or future. Instead, he only knew the present. The feeling was the first time in his life that he knew what it meant to simply be. This beingness describes heightened perceptions found in some Eastern religions. The objects in his room were no longer discrete objects to him. Instead, they were all attached, like a work of modern art. Sharp shapes and diagonals jutted out so much that all he saw were light patterns. He no longer viewed these objects as objects. He no longer understood the chair next to him was for sitting. Instead, he appreciated the chair for its being. Huxley appreciated the tubularity of its legs and its polished smoothness. He focused on objects' nature rather than the purpose he had attributed to them. Story Shot Number 4 Seeing Beyond the Self But both belonged to the world from which, for the moment, Mescaline had delivered me, the world of selves of time or moral judgments and utilitarian considerations, the world, and it was this aspect of human life which I wished, above all else, to forget, of self-assertion, of cocksureness, of overvalued words, and idolatrously worshipped notions. Aldous Huxley This is the end of part one and the free shot of this book. Get the full text and audiobook version on the Story Shots app. Which one of these key insights would you put into practice? Let us know by sending us a tweet at StoryShots. To dive into the details and support the author, get the audiobook for free using the link in the description or the app. Did you like the lessons you learned here? Share to show you care or let us know by contacting our support at support at GetStoryShots.com. We'd love to hear from you. Did you like this audiobook summary? Click the like button now to support our channel. If you don't want to miss out on new free audiobook summaries, subscribe and click the bell button. You can also download our free app and enjoy thousands of other summaries of best-selling nonfiction books that are available in text, audio, and animated formats. Story Shots has been featured by Apple, Google, and The Guardian as one of the world's best reading and learning apps. Go to GetStoryShots.com and download the app today.